I need to tell you something. Is it about a ghost? Yes. Oh, well, hang on. Sort Wait. of. The, hang on. We're supposed to be talking about ghosts. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good point. So yes, ghost related. <laughs> okay. So. Hmm, ghost adjacent sounds like. Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. We're recording. We're recording. Get excited. Oh, we might hear we might hear some explosive poops in a minute. Oh no. The hazards of recording with an infant. I know. <laughs> oh. Um where's that list of things I here it is. So hi. Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Joy. And this is The, the Residuals. Residuals. I'm really proud of us for getting that out of the way at the very beginning instead of half an hour into it. Yeah, sure. We should uh, we should maybe incorporate that into the usual thing to do it early. Think about Just that. Just doing that at the beginning? We'll talk about it at our next board meeting. Sounds like a, that sounds like a very good idea. Let me get together with the board. Yeah. yeah. How are you today? I'm fucking sleep deprived, Joy. Yeah? That's how I am. Oh, no. I've spent the past three nights sleeping, sitting up. In as well, sit yeah, with my delicious baby sleeping on my chest because he has a cold. And as he's only six weeks old, he doesn't know how to blow his nose yet. No. So yeah, he's been sleeping on my chest. Um, per pediatrician's instructions. Um listeners, this is not a Wednesday. No, it's not. It's not, it's not oh a Wednesday. God, I'm sorry. He's <laughs> sorry. He's very chatty today. It's fine. Um, it's not a Wednesday. It's fine. It's not a Wednesday. It's a Monday, it and it is Halloween. Very spooky. Spooky season over spooky. here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Halloween. We're excited. I'm stoked. We have a house decorated, mm-hmm. and of course, as soon as we put the stuff up, we had Santa Ana winds hit that evening. Oh, and it was just like bonk, 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 noises outside of everything falling Adding down. to the spookiness that someone is outside your house clawing on the Obviously. side of it. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. Add to that um, the family of coyotes that live in the hills behind us oh. that we get to hear chattering and shouting <gasps> every evening. Really, yeah. and we found we have. Oh. Um, we have a lone, well, at least we've only seen one of them, raccoon, that oh. hangs out in the front of our house. It just saunters back and forth from our front garden across our driveway every evening a few times. Their hands freak me out. I love them. They're tiny trash pandas. No, they're fine. I don't hate them or anything, but I find their hands um, disconcerting. They're too human. It bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're little people mitts. <laughs> Uh, we're going to do a little, as usual, our annual Halloween episode. 
I don't know the story that you're planning to tell me, but I was going to do a top 13 ways to talk to the dead. <gasps> yeah. Just a little listicle. That's all. I like thing. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like that. Uh, and then later we can do deep dives on these things if we want to throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, we can try them out. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, now I'm in a, a new home. I will not be trying them out and bringing anything to this house. <laughs> it's already there. Other than what's already here. <laughs> oh, you have that box in the garage labeled ghosts, right? And you brought them with you? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. 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 You don't want to leave them behind. You don't know how the next owners of the house will treat them. It's and I repackaged right. them in a giant Tupperware t- tub oh. instead of a banker's box just so, you know, they're Smooth edges. Yeah, Yeah, that's nice. No moths can go eat their ghosty sheets. Right. Exactly. Speaking of spooky shit, um, I need to tell you something. Is it about a ghost? Yes. Oh. hang on. Sort of. Hang on. We're supposed to be talking about ghosts. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good point. So, yes. Ghost related. Okay. So. Mm, Ghost adjacent sounds like. When we moved, um, uh, uh, mutual friend Mia who is a professional organizer hit us up if you're in the LA area and you need someone to come and help you do we shit she's amazing on the Insta. Yep. um so she's wonderful and um she came over and she basically packed her house for me so she's from Hawaii originally and she looked in our kids room and looked back at me because she looked at the way it was laid out she went did your kids sleepwalk or have weird dreams? Whoa. She doesn't know this. And I was like, yeah, she sleepwalks all the time. Why? She was like, okay. So the foot of her bed, because the way her bed was, was it was against the wall facing the door to her bedroom. Mm-hmm. So the head was facing and the feet were facing, right? And so Mia was telling me that there is, um, I guess, folklore about little sprites, little tiny demons. Oh. That when you sleep with your face, with your face, with your feet facing the door, uh-huh. um, they come and get you at nighttime. They're like, come on, you're ready to go. Let's go. Yeah. They're like, let's, let's go. Let's go. Oh. She sleepwalked. She was sleepwalking two to three a times lot. a week. Yeah. Yeah. The entire time we lived at that house, it ramped up more in this past year for some reason. But it was, well, shit, this year I moved her bed back to facing the door when she was in, when she was not facing that. Anyway. When I was there, she was, her feet were not facing the door. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, No, she's been sleepwalking for the past year, which is when I put her bed like that and talking a lot more in her sleep. Since moving to our new house her bed isn't facing the door anymore she's had two sleepwalking incidents in the first week and none since wow she doesn't even talk in her sleep anymore oh my gosh yeah it's insane i've always found that i sleep better when my head is a certain direction Mm -hmm. i don't mean like towards the door or not i mean like i would like Mm -hmm. to have my head north Mm -hmm. (laughs) And even now that our bed is not that direction, when Tim comes into bed at night and it's he's like, okay, I'm done playing video games. I'm going to go to bed. I'm like perpendicular on the bed yep. laying with it north. Like, 
You're like, listen, my compass says. That's what I am, totally a compass. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, but hang on. We have not even addressed the the past month that you have been squirrel mom. Oh, shit. Yeah. At the end of August, you all, if you have been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you will know that Penny was my squirrel friend from the neighborhood who lived at the palm tree, the giant 50-foot palm tree at the end of my driveway. One evening, the mail carrier came and knocked on her door and said, there's a baby squirrel in the drive in the sidewalk by the palm tree. And I was like, by the what? way, I love that the mail carrier knows your house well enough to know that you're the squirrel lady. It's funny because later I was like, I don't know if you know that I like, I know their mom. And I'm like, I realize that sounds like a crazy person thing. He's like, no, I know you know the squirrels. That's why I came to your house. <laughs> I know, you know, you know, the squirrels. I know, you know, the squirrels. (laughs) So I went out and there was this tiny little baby squirrel. She was probably seven weeks ish, maybe six, maybe eight, but let's say seven on the sidewalk, bloody little nose, feisty though. I like went to pick her up with a little towel and she was like, like kind of squared off to like fight me. Yeah. I was like, relax, come here. So I took her and I was like, oh my God, Tim, there's a baby squirrel fell out of the tree. I don't know what's happening. It's got to be one of Penny's because I know she just had a litter because I saw her boobs. Um, I know when she has a litter. (laughs) Um, I haven't seen her in a bit, but sometimes I don't see her for a while. She like shows up, knocks on the window. We have coffee, whatever. We catch up. It's fine. We don't see her the rest of the night. This was at six in the evening. So the next morning I kept the squirrel overnight. So in the morning. We go out at like seven o'clock in the morning and it's the day before school starts or the day of school might've been the day of school and like first day of school. So it was a busy week and no penny in the morning. And I have this baby squirrel and I start hearing this, like it's, I thought it was a bird. I thought it was like a Falcon or a Hawk, like kind of like a bird whistle noise that I thought, no friends. It's the cry of a baby squirrel in distress, Mm. which I am now very acutely attuned to. And I have flown out of my house before when I've heard this sound other times to be like, where's their baby squirrel? Oh my gosh. So we're sitting on the steps in the front and we're looking at this giant palm tree. And I was like, what is going on? What's happening? And we watch a tiny baby squirrel fall out of the tree. 50 feet. In front of a 50 feet. It's got to be. And land on someone's windshield that's parked underneath <gasps> the tree. And I was like, oh my God. But immediately this like high pitched sound stopped. So I was like, holy fuck, that's the sound the baby squirrels make when they're crying. Oh my God. So it's seven in the morning. So now it's 12 hours apart, just about from when we found the first one. So I have the girl from last night. Now there's a boy that fell out of the tree in the morning. And I scoop him up and I get them together. And I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? Like Penny is not here. There's babies jumping out of the tree. She must have gotten hit by a car, maybe Mm. like a bird got her or something. Oh, no. So I'm like simultaneously just in misery over Penny, which like I totally cry about it randomly. (laughs) Well, that's understandable. Um, And Google has been really cool the last few months or last few weeks because it's like, oh, remember this? Here's your memories. And it's like me feeding Penny for the first time and us sitting outside on the porch. So I've got these baby squirrels, which is just a fucking absolute joy and like more than, you know, I'm just like, oh my gosh. And Nessa's like, you're an actual Disney princess. You are. <laughs> you're a, you are a Mary Poppins. It's amazing. <laughs> so 
I have these two baby squirrels. It's like the first I've got to go out again. Um, listeners I'm on the PTA board. So I had to like stop at like first day of school shenanigans and I didn't have a cage for the squirrels. So I popped them in a fanny pack and just brought them with me. (laughs) Why not? Why not? So that was fun. Uh, it's very interesting how quickly you discover who thinks squirrels are cute and who is just like, ew, get them away from me. They're just, they're just bushy rats. Yes. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> There's no in between. Mm-mm. I have not met anyone who's been like, oh, that's cool. Squirrel. It's either like, oh my God, that's amazing. Or, oh my God, get it away from me. Mm-hmm. So I go out, I get them a little cage and I, I talk to a friend in the neighborhood who rehabs wildlife. And like, she sort of outlines what I have to do. And I was like, I can handle that. That's fine. Uh, they have to eat every three to four hours okay, I'll be up at 3 a.m. feeding squirrels with a syringe and feeding them puppy formula. Oh, why not? Why not? Sure. I did this with a child. I'll hold on. Let's just wait for the sawing of metal objects uh, somewhere near the front door of my house to stop. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So fanny pack, baby squirrels, people think yeah. they're rats. <laughs> so I talked to somebody from the neighborhood who rehabs a variety of animals. Are they Comes- your new best friend now? <laughs> we knew each other for we knew each other from the neighborhood. Um so she brings over puppy formula, gives me the rundown. So now it is end of the day, about 24 hours after the first one jumped out of the tree in the evening. I hear that noise again. No. I hear the crying, scared baby squirrel noise. And now my neighbors across the street next door, they all know what's happening with the squirrels. They're like, oh my God, I've like shown them on Broadway. Oh, you want to see something cute? Look at the baby squirrels. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to show my neighbors. So I go outside and before I even go outside, I get like a bag and like two towels. And I'm like, a baby's going to jump out of this tree. I was wrong because it wasn't one. It was two, mm-hmm. two more fell, jumped, whatever, out of this tree in front of me. I watched them bounce on the sidewalk and it was just like, oh my God, oh no. So I picked them up. I brought them in. I gave them a bath. I like, whatever. (laughs) And then I called, I texted the friend from the neighborhood and I was like, hey, two, I think I can handle. Four is probably too much for a rookie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So would you please take the second set? Yeah. He had said, if you don't feel comfortable, I can take them and rehab them. I was like, no, I can like the two of them. That'd be fine. Like whatever. So she's got two, the other set of two sisters that fell out. I have the first two and I went and got a cool little, little bird cage with like some branches so they could figure out how to climb on things and you got to feed them milk and give them a variety of food, which includes like mealworms and crickets, which I wasn't expecting, Gross. but squirrels, I guess, just eat whatevs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and slowly they started doing more squirrely stuff because at first they weren't like doing anything. They would eat. And then it was just like with infants, you know, they would I was like sometimes say, this sounds familiar. Just eat, yeah. eat sleep, poop and pee. But you know, oh, the like yeah. milk drunk face when they yeah. just like start falling asleep while they're still like with the bot, they yeah. would do that and they would just start oh. falling asleep. <laughs> so anyway, I had squirrels in my house for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started bringing them outside. They'd sit outside for a while. Then they would like, I'd keep them, the, I would put the cage outside during the day on the front porch for like the whole day. So they could get used to the sounds and smells and whatever the other squirrels that come up on the porch and eat. 
And then I would open the cage while I was out there. And then eventually I would just leave the cage open all day and go about my business and then bring them in at night. So they were safe. And then one night I brought them in and they got like real fucking squirrely, like wooden hope still. <laughs> we're like <laughs> jumping up. We're like, it's, it's an accurate, like there's a yeah. reason people say it, but they're just like making a mess. And I was like, do you guys just want to go back outside? <laughs> yeah. So I brought them out and they slept out there in the cage, like closed up because I didn't want anything to get in there and have an easy meal. Um, but then there were like, they just stayed outside with the cage and then eventually they didn't come back. Like they started, they started sleeping under the pillows on like the little porch furniture we have. And I was like, you can't, I would like go out at like seven 30, eight o'clock after the sun went down, I'd like scoop them up and go put them in bed. <laughs> they were jumping on us. Like they'll jump a few feet onto us and crawl up on <laughs> like, oh my God. so I'm totally their mom. Um, there was one time more, maybe more than once, but there's one time that I was like, hi squirrels. I have to go get Enzo at school. I'll see you later. And the girl starts following me across the lawn as I'm walking away. And I really had to turn around and be like, you no, you can't come to school. You have to stay here. And she just looked at me. I was like, no, you have to stay here. I can't, you can't come to school. Right. Uh, could you imagine the two little squirrels following me to school? No, so I can actually, I uh, it'd be so cute. Imagine that with you. Um, but they're not pets. And I made a very like, when they were in the house and they were tiny, I like cuddled them and held them because they needed that. But well, then they when they started, yeah. right. But like they needed to, you know, I'd rub their little cheeks and like, just, I felt bad and like Penny's gone. And but I that's know, also like, what their mom would do. Their mom would groom them and yeah. do all of that stuff. Long story short, they live outside now full time. The cage has been dismantled. I had this little like pouch basket thing I was just gonna say yeah I put it in the tree and the tree that I like they hang out in is right outside my bedroom window so I wake up in the morning and they like come to the windows <laughs> you can see each other they like cling to the screen on the window I love that it's really cute I love that so yeah they're good they're good we weren't sure if they're gonna make it um the girl had a bloody nose when I found her, you know, cause she landed on concrete from 50 right. feet. Uh, she had a little bit of like a rumbly, like cause she aspirated some of the blood. So Ooh. she was like chesty and I was like, Ooh, I don't know, but they're great. She, they also went up the big tree the other they day. They climbed it by themselves. Yes. And I heard a kerfuffle at some point during the day. And I was like, please no more squirrels falling out of this fucking right. tree. But then later when I saw her come home at night, her nose was all bloody and I was like mm, you got into it with somebody that moved into your house didn't you yeah yeah, yeah. But they yeah. The, if they're Penny's children then they definitely told him to fuck off she is absolutely like Penny yeah the brother is um a little more gentle but like the cat got out one day and was like chasing them around and she like batted the girl a couple times and the squirrel just turned around and looked at her like the fuck out of here cat I am not afraid of you <laughs> Oh my God. I love that. It's, it's very weird and cute around here. Enough about squirrels. We're not here to talk about squirrels okay. that much anymore. Um, that sounds good. Can I, can I do my top 13? Obviously. Okay. All right. <clears throat> They're no particular order, 
Um, and if, so, if anybody wants to volunteer as tribute to have us come over and try these out in their house. Oh, totally. That we don't have to sleep oh, in. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, let's do it. We can do that. All right. The residuals, Halloween, top 13, how to talk to the dead. Number one, mediums. Mediums and psychics. Those people that we go and sit down with and sometimes Zoom with and sometimes call on the phone that will tell us mediums. Hold on. Listen, mediums are able to be that gateway to let something paranormal through to have a conversation with you, whereas a psychic may not be able to do that, but they can tell you things with their extrasensory perception. Is that a good way of explaining it? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Number two, Ouija boards. No, thank you. Oh, my you. God. Some of our favorite and scariest things ever. I have definitely had some moments with Ouija boards, and sometimes I want to do it again, uh, but not in my house. So, yeah, hit us up. Number three. Did I ever tell you about my parents and the Ouija board? I don't know if I'm allowed to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Okay. Skeptic. Skeptic kind of par my parents used to party back in the day when I was really little, little, little. And I only just found this out recently. Um, my mom and dad had some mates of my dad, work mates of my dad over. And they were, they'd been imbibing the spirits. Different spirits. Um, of the other sort. Yeah. Drinking spirits. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and they decided to fuck around and find out with the Ouija board. And so um, my dad didn't believe in this stuff. And someone came through <gasps> and it was someone came through very loud, very clear, very quickly. And it was someone that my dad had known that had died very recently. Whoa. And they shut that shit down. And my dad has never talked about it since. And my mum let it slip to me. Oh, my God. Mummy, <gasps> sorry. Do they listen? They don't. My listen, dad, I don't think family. my dad even knows I have a podcast. Don't and it's mainly them. because I don't want him to just hear me effing and blinding all over it's the place. It's just a private conversation between Emily and myself and our millions of listeners around <laughs> the globe and possibly on the space station. You never know. That's it. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Number three. Pendulums. Oh, we God. Pendulums really freak me pendulums out. Pendulums a lot. They freaked me out. I had a bad experience with one when I was a kid in school with someone with a pendulum. I had um, awful nightmares afterwards for weeks. Really? For anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, a pendulum is like basically a, a crystal or something at the end of a chain. You hold the opposite end above something. And some people already have it set and they do one way means yes and one way means no. Basically, you hold the pendulum and ask yes or no questions and get an answer. Whether it goes back and forth or clockwise or counterclockwise. Uh, I know yes that no. it's uh, it's something that's like not a wives' tale but a wives' tale that people have used for centuries for pregnancy, yes. gender. Yep. Um, and one of the other ways that people tend to do it is they hold it over the palm of their hand to really get that yes. going. I've seen that done. I used to use them. I feel like I feel like that was like a solid thing we used to do in high school. 
I think in middle, yeah, middle school, high school, that's when I had my my freaky mm. experience with it, and I will never mm. go near it again. Ah. Ever. When we talk more about pendulums, Not yeah, right now. you can regale us. Yeah. Not right now. Okay. All right. Number four. Number four. Dreams. Mm. I have definitely talked before on this show about crazy dreams that I've had. Um, I think that if you get into the right headspace before you go to sleep, you can kind of envision where you want to go in the dream and you can decide what you'd like to dream about Mm -hmm. and use that as a way to communicate with those who have passed over. Number five, write a letter. I'm totally serious. Even the ancient Egyptians did Oh, it. you've done that. You did that with your grandfather, didn't you? The ancient Egyptians did it as well. Yes. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. They had a whole thing that was just letters to the dead. And you write or write for help. And I did absolutely that exact thing with my grandfather and got a very quick response. The turnaround on that was like real quick. Thanks, Grandpa. Well, I don't know if you remember us talking <laughs> about this. Um, my friend Kat, who was on... The show, the uh, Doug Walker is a psychic. Yes. I think is the episode. Um, so he wants to use his pacifier as a planchet. That's it, baby. We did you poop? Yes. No. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> maybe. Um, we went to her. I went with her to her grandfather's funeral, and she wrote a note. And put it in, there was a little drawer in the casket with notes, uh, notepaper and pencils and stuff. She wrote a note and put it in there with a Virginia State Quarter saying, if you need anything, call me, right? A few weeks later, she and I were sitting in her room, hanging out, jamming, because we were acoustic, Lilith Fair, whatever's. That's right. And we hear this loud, ching, ting, 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 ting something falling on the floor and we look over and in the middle of her bedroom floor is a Virginia state quarter from out of the nowheres. So that happened. So yeah, I believe in that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Write a letter. Number six on our countdown, the spirit box. We love a spirit box. Um, Last time I was around one was when we went to Zach Bagan's haunted museum Mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if you're listening, you probably know what a spirit box is, but it's also called a broken radio (laughs) (laughs) and it is supposed to make it easier for spirits to say things. Did you know that I just recently learned that the method that, um, Amy Bruni uses on kindred spirits with the eye mask Mm -hmm. and the sound canceling is called the Estes method. And it's called the Estes Method because it's named after Estes Park, the Stanley Hotel, because that is where it originated. Oh. Because I was listening to her podcast the other day and she had a guy on that she's known for a while. And back in the day, because Estes Park is now, they don't allow, they don't do paranormal events anymore or ghost hunting events. But back in the day when they did a few years ago, they, uh, her friend who did a lot of the ghost tours there devised this method because they found that people were hearing maybe what they wanted to hear from the ghost box. Right. Um, if they knew the story, um, 
<clears throat> or the circumstances. So then what they started having was they had one of their investigators or they had someone, an impartial person with noise cancelling headphones and a blindfold for complete, you know, sensory deprivation. And then someone in the other room asking questions mm. and then that coming through. So it's called the Estes method because it was developed there at the Stanley Park Hotel. I really like that method. Um, I think it's great. The only thing that I've ever complained about with that is I want to hear what she's hearing. I know. And it always kind of makes me go, mm, I don't know. I know. But that's just me because I require more evidence. Um, Who doesn't? That's all. All right. Uh, number seven. Mm-hmm. Seance. Mm. Doesn't need to have to happen with a Ouija board, although the two are often intertwined. But, you know, you can all sit down like good turn-of-the-century Victorians, hang out, put your pinky fingers together, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> wouldn't want to hold the whole hand. No, just, just pinkies. Just touch your pinkies and uh, invite the spirits in. Mm. Number eight. Paranormal investigators. What? If you are uncomfortable doing it yourself, get some investigators to come in and help you out. Uh, We're available, but our schedules are terrible. So uh, there's that. Anyway, number nine. I put this on here because it's the first time I heard about it. Mm -hmm. And it's something called grief bots. What? This is a technology developed... It's AI. I guess they put memories and things of someone who used to be alive into this grief bot. And you can talk to them to get responses and have conversations as if you are discussing things with your relative. The fuck? And yeah. Yo, no. Yeah. I have an no, article I'm not, from like no. MIT and stuff. This is I'm like, not okay with this. So it's not... They're totally like, you're not talking to, you're, it's not paranormal. You're talking to a robot. Right. You're not talking to your deceased loved one. It's AI. <laughs> but we know, we know what happens with intent and I don't trust this. I, the idea of like robot, zombie, dead people, army, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. It's, it's, it's a real short leap yeah, for my no, poor cartoon brain. Grief bots, check it out. Or don't. Or don't. Don't check it out. Just know it exists <laughs> and know to stay away from it. But all this other stuff is apparently yeah. fine with us. So whatever. Yeah. Number 10, which we should absolutely do a deep dive on at some point. Have a smart guest who knows what the fuck they're talking about on the show. <gasps> Astral projection. Oh, yeah. Definitely want to like talk more about that at some point. Yeah. Number 11. EVPs. Oh, Yeah. One of the easiest ways to try to communicate with anyone who has over. Which I still um, want to try out your idea, your method idea, where when someone's listening to an EVP, you have another recorder going. Yeah. So that when you're listening and you're trying to figure it out, then the other recorder can catch the person going, no, that's not what I said. I didn't that's not say it. John. I said Sean. Sean. <laughs> I'm sorry, my accent. Shh, shh with an S-H. Sean. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so yeah, EVPs. Number 12. 
I'm going to say it and you're going to be like, that's a little oversimplified. Ask for a specific sign and pay attention. Oh, I think that's perfectly reasonable. It doesn't require any fancy equipment. It doesn't require you to pay someone money. It just requires you to sit down, politely discuss things with the possible ghosts in your presence and say, hey, here's a reasonable request. Could you make the lights flicker or I don't know, knock this tiny Lego minifig over? Not that I'm <clears throat> speaking from personal experience, Ooh. but that's an option. Um, yeah. Anything like that. A small gesture. Yeah. Let them know that um, they can make their presence known and you get some validation. Uh, and number 13, which another deep dive in the future, please. Mirror gazing. <gasps> Mirror gazing freaks uh -huh. me out. The whole idea of it. I don't like that. But further than that, a psychomantium. Do you remember what that is? Yes. Is that the one? <laughs> when we were watching one of those um, more recent ep episodes of Portals to Hell, Jack Osborne yes. got in one and they've got like the mirror in front and the mirror in back. So it's like infinity mirror and it's like in a closet. So mirror gazing. Ooh. Okay. Quick recap. Yep. Number one, mediums. Number two, Ouija boards. Number three, pendulums. Number four, dreams. Number five, write a letter. Number six, good old spirit box. Number seven, seance. Number eight, paranormal investigators. Number nine, grief bots. 10, astral projection. 11, EVPs. Number 12, ask for a specific sign and pay attention. And 13, mirror gazing. So, uh, yeah, residuals, Halloween, top 13. I love it. Thank you. If you have a scary story of your own that when you listen to us, you think, oh, I should send my stuff in. Email us at theresidualspodcast at gmail.com. We also have Instagram, the underscore residuals underscore podcast. And I think we have a Twitter too, don't we, Joy? We do. We definitely have a Twitter. It is at the residuals pod. Just that pod? Just that. Drop the cast for Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, should we get back to the show? Oh, heck yeah. Right. Well, my Halloween segment, my mom came to stay for the first month of having a newborn recently. And one of our things that we did from when I was, when I, when we moved here, when I was in um, high school is every night we would watch Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. And that we started doing that again when she was here, but we added one other to it, which is father brown which is a quaint little very typical british crime show about a parish vicar who stumbles across crimes and dead bodies very much like jessica fletcher um only wearing a cassock and um helps the local constabulary solve the mysteries and it's on brit box i have brit box 
What was he wearing? Cassock. Cassock is the name of the of the outfit that Vickers wear. It's the dress. It's the black dress. Oh, it's a, it's a cassock. Okay. Not not familiar. Yep. Roman you. Catholic. Paula. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have Vickers. Though. Yeah, he's he's a. We don't. That's why I no, didn't know what it was. He's okay. uh, yeah. He's so um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So Mum and I would spend like every night we would watch two to three episodes of Father Brown Investigates oh. before going to bed. And so it got me I have sweet sweet dreams. It, no, because sure. it's really lovely. Because it's like set in the fifties or something, and it's you know very quaint English village you know, people who aren't the police solving crimes. Um, Anyway, so it got me thinking about, because like season one is like your typical, you know, countryside murders and we're going to find someone dead under a wheelbarrow in the middle of a field. And then suddenly it (laughs) takes this fucking sharp left in season two and it opens with an exorcism. And I was just like, well someone got new writers this year so um (laughs) it got me thinking about you know like me growing up in a village that was haunted and you know in the doomsday book and all of that and a church that was built in you know around 1066 with William and the Conqueror so I started I don't even understand that date that's so long ago and it's like we had a song that we sang like there was a song about (laughs) William the Conqueror that would help with the history and remembering it. And I still remember it. And it's like, oh, really? Like 38 years past learning it. And I'm still like 1066, 1066. And it's like, it's just a song. Yeah, it's whatever. Anyway, so it got me looking at rural hauntings. Um, my other option of inspiration is the fact that I've been doing a lot of night feedings, watching old school Law and Order with Jeremy Sisto and his beard, which, hello, uh, but that would be a different kind of haunting, if you know what I mean. Anyway, um, so instead I went for the English countryside. So I found this fantastic, fantastic haunting. Um, and I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. I have titled this The Occult Capital of England. Oh. You like that? I do. Right? Tingles. Aww. I got this from quite a few sources, and that's uh, but my level of, of sleep deprivation at this point, I can't tell you where I got, like, but it was quite a few. And so I appreciate, shout out to you. If I got oh. my info from you. No, and... you're just telling us a story. It's fine. Just. Yeah. You're not okay. giving a, you're not defending your thesis. That's fine. I'm no. not, right? I don't need a no. glossary at the back. Okay, cool, cool. Cool. All right. In a town known for ghosts and the supernatural and dubbed the occult capital of England, the Pilgrim and George Hotel in Glastonbury is thought to be one of the most haunted Mm. Built in 1475 to provide hospitality for pilgrims to the nearby Glastonbury Abbey, it is the oldest purpose-built pub in the southwest of England. Many staff and guests throughout the years have reported seeing ghosts there. The pub area is said to be so haunted that some of the town's residents refuse to set foot within the building. (laughs) 
Glastonbury Abbey was dissolved by King Henry VIII in September of 1539. There's no song about that, unfortunately. Maybe there should be, but there's not. And the abbot, right? And the abbot of uh, the abbey was taken to the top of Glastonbury Tor, which is like a hillside, uh, gutted, drawn, and quartered. Because that's how they did it back then. No big deal. So it's rumored that uh, Henry VIII watched from the second floor room of the inn. It's got three stories of the second floor room of the inn while the abbey was ransacked and burned under his orders. However, um, it doesn't seem that the abbey was actually burned. And also it's well known that he was a rather robust man uh, who in his later years grew so large, he was barely able to walk and needed a special (gasps) bed to hold his massive frame. So it's highly unlikely that he'd have taken a second floor room because he wouldn't have been able to get up the stairs, let alone uh, fit through the door so uh so if he did it would have been from the lounge on the first floor which is where the pub is now anyway guests have reported harp music coming from empty rooms coughing and footsteps in the cellar as well as television sets coming on and off in the middle of the night one of the rooms known as the monk's cell which the name itself is like Yeah, I want to stay in that room. It sounds very relaxing. The monk's cell. uh, The TV (laughs) will turn itself on and off. And one guest even demanded that she be given a different room because the bedsheets had been ripped from her the previous night. Yes. Another ghost appears on a regular basis in the bar and has for years. He appears quite normal except for his historical attire and does little more than pass through the pub. Guests have been known to check out in the middle of the night. One guest told of a woman in modern clothes who appeared suddenly in their room, complained about how cold it was, and promptly disappeared. See, it was me. That sounds like me. <laughs> it's so cold. <laughs> Goodbye. Many people have reported seeing a ghostly monk, especially in the dark corridors during early morning hours when it's completely quiet. He's sometimes accompanied by a very elegant-looking woman who appears to be following him. According to a medium... I'm sorry, you're gonna, you're getting my kid in the bed. He wants to join in and tell the story. It's not your time. I, I'm the one that did the work on this. You just lay there and look cute. Thank you. Don't just add your name at the end. That's I did rude. the work on this. Jesus. According to a medium who has visited the hotel numerous times, the monk and the lady were lovers and are still wandering the halls of the hotel even after death. Another version oh, of the story, though, states that the milk, that, that the milk, what? Milk? <laughs> thinking about something else. That the monk was actually bricked up alive in the cellar of the building for breaking his vow of celibacy due to his affair and is still haunting the location. Thinking with the wrong head there. Okay, there's a guy by the name of Guy, Guy by the name, a person, a gentleman by the name of Guy. <laughs> that's it. That's that's it. it. There's a guy by the name of Guy. Uh, uh all right, there's a book. Do it again. There's Do a book. Again. There's a book. No, that's right. No, there's a book. There's a guy by the no, name of guy. There's, 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 a, there's a guy by the name of guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's a book, Joy, called The Haunted Pub Guide, written uh, that came out in 1985 by a guy named Guy. The Haunted Pub Guide, written by <laughs> the, the Haunted Pub Guide guy. by Guy. <laughs> the Guide. <laughs> Who sells seashells by the seashore? That's his sister, Sally. Anyway, uh, The Haunted Pub Guide came out in 1985. He writes, 
Early in the 1970s, a woman guest described the monk in unusual detail, having seen him for what she reckoned to be 10 to 15 minutes. At one point, the monk sat down on the guest bed. and She felt the sheets and blankets tighten over her as he did so. He was not alone. Hovering in the background were two indistinct shapes that remained in a sort of vapor, as she told the proprietor soon after the event. One of the other things I read about this um, event, this sighting joy, is that the monk talked to her about Queen Elizabeth II for a while, just like wanting to have a chat about the queen, as he do. Just needed to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Okay. Also in this book, there's a story. A second sighting was even more interesting. On the 14th of September, 1976, a Canadian couple, Mr. and Mrs. McCormack from Winnipeg, came to stay for one night, knowing the hotel to be haunting, haunted and deliberately hoping to see the ghost they had read about in, of all things, a Canadian financial newspaper. That's <laughs> terrifying. Anyway, after a pleasant evening, they settled down in their separate single beds in room seven. Mrs. McCormack, God, that sounds like a dream. Mrs. McCormack took some time to get to sleep. And when she did, she dreamed a quite normal dream about her sisters back in Canada. When she awoke suddenly on hearing three footsteps and looked up to see a bright, arched, glimmering light at the end of her husband's bed. Out of this light, there emerged a man. He was tall, slender, and grinning at me, she said. No. He was no. wearing, this is no. the most <laughs> terrifying part, Joy. He was wearing a blue sports coat, the kind worn oh, by no. elderly Englishmen on Sunday picnics, is how she described it. <laughs> According to her, he remained visible, grinning all the while and still surrounded by the halo of light. Long enough to make Mrs. McCormack leap out of bed and wake her husband. As soon as he awoke, however, the ghost disappeared. So, <clears throat> the science correspondent with the British uh, newspaper, The Guardian, his name is James Meek. He was staying at the Pilgrim and George with his wife. Um, and his wife awoke in the middle of the night to find a tall, long-armed man standing at the foot of the bed watching her intently. So, this is from an article that that James Meek wrote for The Guardian. Quote, sometime that night, I was awakened by my wife screaming in horror. In her nightmare, it had seemed someone else was in the room with us. She tried to switch on the light and it wouldn't work. Sound familiar, Joy? Mm-hmm. Right. She woke up, turned, and saw a very tall man with long arms sheened in a gray mist standing next to the bed. She crossed herself, reached out to touch the figure. Her hand went through him. At that point, she screamed and, I believe, really woke up. We had, after all, spent the entire previous day touring Glastonbury and talking about ghosts, energy fields, and the spirit world. She's not so sure. She thinks that when she truly woke up, the figure was still there. Stop! No! Stop. Anywho, one of the manager tells a tale. It was late at night after closing time. The place was locked up, the guests all in their rooms. A few of us were sitting quietly chatting. Suddenly, the back door slammed. Footsteps came down the passage. We went to see who it was, but no one was there, and all the doors were still locked. Here's yet another foot. I loved finding all of these first-hand accounts. It was so much fun, because instead of just, like, prattling off something that you find in, like, 
you know, this in this to me is like, you know, they're even on their TripAdvisor site, people believing, yeah, it's and it's insane. Okay, so here's another first-hand account. My husband Bruce and I experienced a haunting at the Georgian Pilgrims Hotel in Glastonbury, England. Our visit was in the early 1990s when we decided to take a haunted tour of Britain on our own. While we might have become jaded after days of uneventful haunted traveling, the Georgian Pilgrims delivered. We'd spent two uneventful nights. Just down the hall was the room where the last abbot of Glastonbury had been imprisoned before his brutal execution. On the morning of our departure, I decided to take a few photos of the room. I put on a wide-angle lens and moved the bed slightly away from the window so I could get a shot that included the closet. As I was snapping my shot, something yelled at me from across the bed. Oh! Yelled! As loud as a parent screeching to a child to stay out of the road. I couldn't understand the words, but I was stunned. Bruce called from the bath to see if I was okay. I ran to the hall to see if someone was there. No one. Around the corner? No one. Creepy. Okay, so here is um here's another first hand account. Um I will call the phenomena he as it felt male. I felt a great pressure above me, but not touching me. It was large, and it was as if my life force was completely immobilized. I was paralyzed. I could not move a muscle, nor could I make a sound. I knew that I had to keep calm, as whatever it was wanted to cause me great distress. I asked him to please leave me alone. I also asked if I could help him go to the light. Then I was released. I thought I could help and prayed, but it was no use. I knew I had to leave the room as soon as possible. I was shaking. I started packing. Oh. Sweet Jiminy Christmas. Right. And the best. Save the best for last. Here are some stories from the staff. Oh. <clears throat> okay. So this is from the people who work there, including the landlady. The landlady herself has had more than one paranormal experience at the hotel throughout her time in charge. In her private quarters, she and her son were aghast to see her cardigan, which had been strewn across a chair, suddenly rise up of its own accord. In another incident, she tells that one day she was drinking a pint of water in the bar area alone. She moved away from the glass for a moment, and when she returned, she found two screws sitting at the bottom of her glass. She strongly emphasizes that there was no way anyone could have placed them in the glass without her being made aware of their presence. So the other thing is, Joy, is that someone finally caught photographic proof of a haunting within the pub. Um, and it made it to the papers in the UK. Someone took a picture of their mate sitting in the pub, and you can clearly see a grey, ghostly figure next to them. And the landlord lady came out and said, you know what, we believe this, and also they see orbs and stuff on the cameras all the time. Okay, um, and here's another staff member. One of the bartenders explains that one day he saw a woman walk in through the bar area with a dog. He followed her with plans to advise her that dogs were not allowed on the premises. However, when he caught up with her, it was clear that she did not have a canine companion with her. <gasps> Thinking little else of it, it wasn't until the lady returned to the bar that same evening. He looked over at the bar uh, towards the woman's feet, again believing he caught a glimpse of a dog. Oh the woman then informed her that she has a spirit dog that follows her around. Aww. But how he was somehow able to... Um, 
catch a brief glance of it. He's not sure. Mm. So I read in another article about this place, Joy, that there are actually um, lots of ghosts of, of cats and dogs in in the location, which makes sense because it's what. 700 years old i mean jesus and one other uh, staff member explains that when they have to go to the pub cellar alone they make a point of saying hello to whatever presence is there in an attempt to show uh that they mean whatever is lurking down there no harm one day however they forgot to greet the entity when they suddenly heard someone or something cough <clears throat> into their ear as if disgruntled by this lack of address <laughs> I mean, I think that that is so stereotypically British. I feel like over here, <laughs> so you'd hear some strangled, gobbled, demonic growl, you know, on a on a ghost box. Whereas, you know, in the UK, in the countryside, you hear <clears throat> mixed total sense. Totally. All in all, this location is rumored to have around thirty ghosts roaming its halls. Glastonbury is well known. For its spirited music festival joy. Hey. But now I'm hoping listeners will also be aware that it should be known for its spirited paranormal reputation. Thank you. I looked at pictures of it and I want to go. Me too. But I feel like I would look at a picture of anywhere in the UK and go, oh, I want to go there. So. I mean, same. I'm not going to lie. I'll look at my parents' like guest room. Oh, that looks that looks right. great. Let's right. go. I want to go. Should, we should do that. Yeah. In like three years or so when we get our shit together. <laughs> you know what we didn't do? What? You know what we didn't do for our last episode? Our gratitude. Fuck. Jesus. You're right. What's you grateful for, Joy? What am I grateful for? I'm grateful for finally finding a way to get my child interested enough to watch the Star Wars movies. Oh my God, how did you do it? Um, we actually watched the series about industrial light and magic and how they did all the special effects and how they in, like basically invented all this technology to make the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got him really into it. So he's been making little movies and talking about stop motion and all that stuff, which is really cute. But for Halloween, he's selected a Star Wars vehicle to be, which means I get to be something from Star Wars. And so does Tim. What are you going to? Oh, are you going to be slave Leia? Are you no. going to wear your bikini? No, oh. I'm wearing a poncho and Leia. <laughs> And Leia on the forest moon of Endor. I got braids. There's a poncho in the backyard drying right now. It looks like it's camouflage because it spritz some paint on it. It's just a it's just a bed sheet. It's just a bed sheet. I cut a hole in the middle of it. It's fine. Yeah. And Tim is going to be um Qui-Gon Jin. He's just like all in because he has long hair and like the goatee. So he can really like look the part. Mm-hmm. So he just bought like a legit Jedi costume, whereas I have a bed sheet with paint on it in the backyard. He's going to look legit. And I'm fashioning an ATST walker for my child. I love this. So I have this big box, saved all these recyclable boxes, and I cut the box out 
made the ATST, put little straps on it, so he'll look like he's this this driver of the ATST coming out of the top. I love that. Yeah, so I'm just really excited. It'll be a good time. Um, what are you grateful for? Well, Joy, I'm grateful that I have, even though he's got a sniffly cold right now, I'm grateful that I have a happy and healthy baby and that his big sister loves being a big sister. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, <clears throat> I'm really happy for this, my third cup of coffee right now. <laughs> that's, what I'm really, that's what I'm real grateful for. My third cup of coffee. That's oh, and that we're back. We're back. Season four. I know. And we got t-shirts and shit. We got the swag, we do. which I'm wearing right now. Actually, you are. It's uh, it's my second day in a row wearing it because it's perfect. Um, I just, you know, I don't remember the last time I showered. If I'm gonna be completely honest, um, which I think is what happens when you have a baby. Uh, you mean like you have one and then you're just sort of like always bad at showering, right? Because my baby's like six and a half years old so. yeah i mean uh-huh. I, like i don't know what day it is right now um so listeners have a safe fun happy spooky halloween may your veil be thin and your communication be easy and don't forget to greet the entity yeah. uh-huh. in the sun <clears throat> uh-huh. so they don't yeah. have to <clears throat> at you Oh, just give them a lozenge, a fisherman's friend. It's fine. A Werther's. Make them some tea and leave it out. Maybe they just need a cup. That would be lovely, wouldn't yeah. it? Nice, nice cuppa. A little offering. So, um, in, until next time. Until next time, sage your sofa. And don't be afraid of the dark. But Joy will. Bye, I will. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. Robot, zombie, dead people, army.